All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Joining me tonight, thank you for finally muting your television from the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. Fellas, fellas, thanks for having me on, Cos. Appreciate it. Can't wait to get started. And also joining in the three-hole tonight, Shane Stein from Take Your Ball and Go That's, Home. Uh, first place, Take Your Ball and Go Home to you, Matt, and uh... Thanks for having me as well. It's good to be here. Yes, you are still first place. I'm going to ride that out until you catch me. That's fine. Um, Thought we were going to have some taking balls and going home happen this week, so I'm sure we'll talk about it. We'll get right (laughs) into that now. Um, (laughs) It was a drama-filled week in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Um, Right on schedule every time, right around this time this year. Um, everyone gets a little bit more testosterone flowing than they've had for the first couple weeks. Um, some might call it frustrating. I think it is frustrating, but it's also fun, um, to have people care enough about a league to have the conversations that we had based on the Butler trade, Butler trade selling. You know, I don't really want to rehash that. We've talked about it for two podcasts now, so I guess I'll just give you guys a a floor if you have any thoughts on anything that happened this week um, in the whole group message that we had. Go ahead, Phil. Feel free to say no is an acceptable (laughs) answer. No, I I mean, I, I thought it was, it was valid points from both sides and I, I totally get, look, I, I, I guess I'm probably one of the few that, and I, I'm not saying this because I know Butler even listens to this podcast because there's no way he does. But not anymore. Yeah. He did in the beginning. But I, of the I, year. I would say, like, I wasn't completely appalled and offended by the trades the same way everybody else was. And him picking up $50 and not having keepers, or he has people he can think of for keepers. But I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal because before the draft, you can move cash for some pretty good keepers. So having the cash is probably more important than having your keepers set at this point. Now, I mean, that, that being said, everything sure was saying was correct. Like all the players he's throwing out about potentially keeping, you can probably get for similar values at the draft, but I don't, I, 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 mean, I, 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 it's, it's a healthy tension I would say in the league and it's generating good discussion that I, I, I think is moving in a, in a positive direction. I, 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 I think it's, I think it's fine and, and good, healthy dialogue for a league like ours to be having. Let me, before Shane jumps in, that's a good point. And you do beat this drum um, about trading for keepers in the off season. Um, that is probably mm-hmm. the market inefficiency right now, um, mm-hmm. being able to trade for them. And um, I just want to clarify, because I had some questions come to me before the podcast. Um my issue was not with the trades that were made. Did I think the trades were good? No. <laughs> I, I thought Butler could have done better. Um, but I do want to make two points on them. Um, my issue was with the process. I think I explained that. I hope I did. If, you, if people haven't understood that by now, then I apologize for not making it clear. My issue is with the process, not necessarily the trades. I think trades in this league have been bad, but if that's the best offer you got, then what, do you, what can you do? You can either stand pat, which I think is stupid, or you can get the money, you know? So I don't necessarily have a problem with lopsided trades or unfair trades. They, they happen. Everyone's player valuation is different. 
my issue is with the process. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm not going to go too much into into length on this, but it's no matter what kind of league you're in, like doesn't matter what sport. If you're playing fantasy in a sport, like the trading is always going to be the the hot topic. It's always going to be the thing people are going to disagree on because it's it's not real life. (laughs) We don't have like a true market for what there's there's no telling how how people value players how people value draft cash i mean you you can't tell someone how to value their team how to va- exactly and so you can only like keep two have, players from this year isn't a dynasty league where rosters are staying the same um you can only keep two players so there's just different ways to to get to to make your team in the best situation from year to year and unfortunately that comes at a cost to to the way other teams view their players and view the league. And it, it so there, it's just, a, there's a lot of gray area, um, which makes it the reason that we end up having these discussions. Um, but I, as I think everyone just needs to keep in mind, like, yeah. I mean, we, we are trying to have fun here. <laughs> it is, it is just fantasy football. Um, yeah. Everyone wants to win, but I mean, I, I, I just hear a lot of people like saying, Oh, they're, they're going to quit and they, they don't want to be in the league. Like, I mean, I don't know that we need, they need to take it that far. I think, I think we need to take a step back and, and consider con- consider some things before we. And I tried to I tried to say that in my in my <laughs> long post. I don't know if anyone even read the whole thing. It was awfully long, but like this really is a way. For like we all live in different places. This is something that we can continue our relationships and talk about. Um, and I think I said I was going to make two points and I forgot what the second one was and it came back to me. So that may have been why you waited to answer for so long. But um, Butler made a comment that I didn't actually consider, but I guess, you know, everyone has different ways of thinking about things. He made the comment that Antonio Brown got traded for $25. Why can't he trade wide receivers for 20 and 30 that are of comparable value? I never really considered that because in my brain, the $50 – meant that yeah that was our new market but that's not necessarily true so that was a point that i hadn't honestly yeah, considered that, i mean obviously in years past 25 was was the benchmark that's what we what what top value was for top talent um because it's what it had to be now i i think a lot of people considered all right we moved to 50 we didn't we wanted to see if it was going to get there I, who know? Who knows if it is? We still yeah. we still don't know. Um, we think it is. We think that um, if you have a top person, that they would go for fifty. But we don't know yet. Um, so I, I mean, we're, we're still we're still kind of a wait and see on that. Is is fifty the new mark, or is it that people aren't willing to go a full fifty on on adding one player to their team? Yeah. So. With that being said, we did have a trade happen this week. Um, Phil, you were involved in the trade. You sent Odell Beckham, Deshaun Watson, and Gerald Everett to Schur and Schur's last-ditch effort to try to you know, stay in this thing. He sent back to you David Johnson, a $19 potential keeper on next. He's 14 right now. He'd be 19 if you decide to keep him next year, um, along with some irrelevant players that just made the cap work. Um so I do need people to remember that sometimes players added into a deal are for cap purposes, not so much 
um, because you want those players back in a trade. So, um, I don't know. I, I thought, honestly, the trade, I didn't think it was great for either side. Um, you know, I thought it was, you know, sure was afraid DJ wasn't going to play. He didn't want to play Peterson or um, McCoy in a must-win game, so he went out to get a player that he could put in his lineup in Beckham. Watson's an obvious upgrade at quarterback for him, but he's still a quarterback, which, you know, say what you want. There's not a huge difference between QB1 and QB12 most weeks. So Watson might be the best one, but who knows um, on a week-to-week basis. And then Everett, I've watched every down of Rams football this year, and he's average. So I thought David Johnson's a decent flyer and a keeper. It's a great offense. He's been a monster when he played this year, so I was okay with the deal. I didn't think it was anything to really get yeah. crazy about. <clears throat> I, I, I made it, and it was – sure and I have been talking probably for I – mean, I've been talking to a few owners, but sure and I have been talking for the last week or so. And then around Tuesday morning, we, we were talking a little bit more in depth about making a trade happen, and that's when I decided, look, I this is definitely a long-term trade for me. And I thought it might have some short-term upside with David Johnson potentially playing this week, <clears throat> starting Tuesday, it went, when we really discussed it. doesn't look like that's going to be the case. But I also looked and saw there's no way I'm going to be able to play OBJ at New England based on just everything that we've seen. So it was a long-term play, but it was also going to be a short-term pop for my team and, and a little bit of a risk if David Johnson would play this week. Deshaun's obviously going to have a, an awesome game, but I thought – I can probably get a, a good QB option on the wire, like Mason Rudolph uh, and, and against the Dolphins. Day. But look, D- David Johnson's he's 27 years old. He's RB9 in our league after pretty much missing all of last week. And we've established that running back one candidates that are cheap on the price tag are the, the crown jewels uh, of our franchise. And, and, and our fantasy fantasy league. So I thought it was worth the risk. I get $15 extra going my way. I still have some players that I can flip for some cash in the next week. I look, I, I, I thought it was a fair trade. I don't, I don't think it made either of us a whole lot better, but I, I thought it was a fair trade for both sides. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and say sure wins this one. Um, and that's with that being said, I'm, I'm still not sure that Odell Beckham Jr. is very good. Um, I'm not sure that he's a great. Yeah, he's good. He's good, but this may not be the premier yeah, situation I mean, for him. He's going to put up some big weeks, I feel like, but I'm I'm just not sure that he's great. I I don't know that he's a he's a surefire number one receiver anymore. Um, so let's wait and see if he can if he can return to form and turn into wide receiver one. I mean, this is a this is probably a huge win for sure. I think uh, Sean Watson's going to be a lock for a wide receiver top eight finish. I think at worst, um, and I'm just I'm I think I'm out on David Johnson. I'm out on David Johnson right now. Um, it's just trending. I feel like that this guy is this guy's career might be winding down. I feel like that, I feel like that's how it is. So he's tw- he's 27, which is like 35 in running back land, man. Oh, man, you're going to love trivia. Um, just as an FYI, OBJ, wide receiver 27 so far. 
Correct. But he, he did, they did have a bye week. Yeah, they did have a bye week, so you have to factor that in. Um, I don't know. And, and you're the only one that can answer this question. I think I know. But I'm not sure people were beating your door down for the players that you had. Um, you said you'd had quite a few conversations with sure, probably mainly focused around Watson and Beckham, um, just because he's had quarterback issues. I know you and I think you tried to bully me into maybe giving you Kamara on uh, Tuesday morning. Um, no, I mean, I was serious. I'm not I was there ready yet. to pull, pull the trigger on it, um, as you can tell. But yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been talking for four other owners pretty seriously and then one, one additional one. So I've been engaged with around half the league and, and shopping values and just throwing these guys out to see what they were worth. You weren't I, I in your door. I wasn't, wasn't getting beaten away. down with no. great offers. Clearly. Yeah. Was that the most money you got offered in a trade? No, I, I got. You don't have to answer that if you don't want to. No, I got offered more money, um, but it didn't have any kind of a keeper flyer, which is what I was looking for because I, I still think I can flip Mixon and Juju if I want to, and get not not the full fifty, but get somewhere somewhere in the neighborhood based on how many people I think are going to be selling come next week, um, and I guys can be valuable flex plays for a team that's looking to, to make a playoff run. But that was, I, 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 hey, maybe, maybe I'm wrong and I, I won't get it, but that, that was just where my, my head was at. I wanted to get the flyer keeper option and, and see what I could do. One thing that I think has been kind of good for the league um, is, you know, we made the move last year to move the trade deadline, I think from week 11 to week eight, after week eight, I'm sorry, um, before week nine. And, we have had kind of a lack of activity at the trade deadline in terms of people necessarily saying that they're selling and people looking to maybe play for next year. I think that's good. Um, I think what we what we tried to accomplish is what's happened. So I, I feel good about that. That's one rule change that it seems like has been a good thing for the league. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I don't know. I definitely think the rule helped in that area, but I also think it might be just – public shame for why people don't want to trade at this point because you're so terrified that you're going to end up on one of these podcasts on blast that you want it, to it, it's like you want to be 100 percent sure you're winning the trade to, to engage in the trade now that's just how it feels to me but i it there, there was definitely it, it was definitely aided by moving it up for sure but I, I i think people might be a little bit slow to pull the trigger on some trades No, I'm ready for trivia. Let's do it. Shane, any thoughts? All right. Um, I guess we could talk about waiver wire for one, two. Big move was Ty Johnson going for $84. Um, (laughs) I I don't think, uh, I don't think that was, I mean, that's a desperation move for my dad to get a player to maybe get him a dub this week and, you know, get back into the playoff race. So carry on Johnson going on IR. I thought that was something my dad, Kind of had to do. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot else to talk about other than Ty Johnson. Uh, what, what were the other bids on that one? Uh, I think Eddie I think was I had, second. I, had one like for, I think it was 40 on the dot. Yeah, Eddie was like 43. He was second. Um, Shane was third and Phil was fourth. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I saw some reports from Patricia that it's going to be a, a running back by committee. I don't, I don't know if that's going to be true or not. It's, it's worth a fly. You got to get them. Seasons on the line. I'm fine with it. That, that's what, that's what the Fab is there for. It, it's a little high, but hey, you got them. You can start them. Yeah, it was high, but he can't take the Fab with him. And if he loses this week, it doesn't matter. Exactly. So. exactly. All right. So. I know in the podcast agenda we said Shane Trivia, but we had a little pivot, and we're giving Phil a second chance, apparently. Yeah. All right. I, I have two questions. The first one is is really the teaser. Are they both to name every running back and wide receiver in the league, like you said last I week? hope we have 20 minutes dedicated to this one. No, the second one, I think, is actually – you know what? Let, let, let's go with the second one first. So, if we're doing that one first, is it still the second it one? It was. Then? Now it's the first. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. The Titans, man, it, you are in a dark place if you are a Tennessee Titan fan. But they made a rare switch at the quarterback position, putting Ryan Tannehill ahead of Marcus Mariota. Tannehill was the eighth pick of the 2012 draft. Mariota was the second pick of the 2015 draft. My question is, who are the only other two teams that currently have two quarterbacks on their roster who entered the league as top 10 picks? I'll repeat it. Who are the only other two teams that currently have two quarterbacks on their 53-man roster that entered the league as top 10 picks? So, well, I know I know. Shane. Let's let's go to you first. So they they have two quarterbacks on their roster that were both top ten draft picks. Okay. Yep, there are two teams like this. Um. Well, hold, hold, hold on. There's two teams, and then there's one bonus team. There's two teams, and then there's one bonus team. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. Hmm. Trying to go through teams here. Let's go with. Wow. I know too. I know. Yeah. Trying to think of who the good backups are. You don't have to be good. You have to be a top 10 pick. Thanks, buddy. That's your first Appreciate it. Oh, man. This is a good one. I... <laughs> Kaz, go for one. All right, Kaz, get, give him one, and then, and then let him get the other one. So obviously, it's my team, the Rams. Jared Goff and Blake Bortles. Nailed it. Gotta, I gotta brush up on my backup quarterback game because this is this is tough. Man, this one guy, he did some bad things to you. One guy did some bad things to me. Yeah, twice. Oh. <laughs> the Giants, <laughs> Daniel Jones and Eli Manning. Boom. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very good. Now, for a bonus, there's one team that has two quarterbacks that are top 10 picks on their roster. However, one of those quarterbacks is on injured reserve, so he's not on their active roster. Can you name which team this is? 
So there's another team that has two, but one of them's on injured reserve. Correct. That's the bonus. And it is tough. Man. Well, Haskins was not a top ten pick, right? Who? Haskins. Uh, he was not. Okay. I think. But good. I think Haskins was thinking about the right way. Yeah. All right, you guys want wow. – let me give you a hint. It's in the NFC. And a top ten – one of the quarterbacks was drafted in the last five years. Yeah, I um... – Oh. Um, it is no, not them because he's not with them anymore. I was going to say the Bears, but Mike Glennon's not on the Bears anymore, and Mike Glennon was not taken in the top ten either. So, um, all right, yeah, I got. I'm, I'm going through. Hold I got on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One more. Teddy Two Gloves wasn't top ten. Neither was Breeze. Never mind. Uh, um, You're close. Who's uh, Matt Schaub and Matt, and, and Matt Ryan? No, nope. Matt Schaub and Matt They're Ryan not, haven't been teammates. No. Who's in the Falcons? Seven Packers? years. Matt Schaub. I don't, is the I don't know where he got oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. All right. The answer. Uh, 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 no, go ahead. Yeah. If you have a guess, go for it. No. I don't. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted Jameis Winston right ahead of Mariota in 2015. The other quarterback on their roster is Blaine Gabbert. Oh, wow. On injured reserve. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. One more question if you guys are up for it. And that Great. first one was the easy one. That was. Philadelphia plays at Buffalo Sunday, creating some potential for a matchup of some elderly running backs to, to Shane's point earlier. So Shane thinks 27 is old. What do you hear this? Darren Sproles and Frank Gore are both 36. Hopefully they can both make it on the field. In the last 40 years, there's been only one pair of running backs who were both at least 34 who carried the ball in the same game. It happened in two games in the 2010 season. Wow. It happened in two games. It happened in two games in the 2010 season. Where there was a game that two running backs age 34 or more carried the ball. Correct. And I will, I will give you a hint that they played for the same team. So in 2010, there were two games where two players – were at least 34 that carried the ball in the same game. Wow. Yeah. 34-year-old running backs. 
2010. Oh, come on. Think think about it a little bit. I think you can get it. I want to feel like... That's like 10 years ago. <laughs> that's, that's a long time ago, buddy. All right, let me give you another hint. This team also made the playoffs. So it happened in two games, one of those games being in the playoffs. <laughs> I give up. I mean, part of me, guys. Yeah, two thousand. The game was two thousand ten, so it was um, two thousand nine. I, I think I think it was the two thousand ten. I think it would have been the two thousand eleven okay. playoffs. So that was the Patriots Giants here, right? Or no, no, that was the. Um, I mean, think about think about teams that utilize multiple running backs. Like, how how many of these teams are there? Especially running backs that are veterans. Okay. Sorry, guys. Who did you say? I couldn't hear you. I don't think Corey. Good guess. Kevin Falk and Fred Taylor. Both were were 34. I knew you could get it. Shame. I I can't explain. Yeah, I I completely forgot that Fred Taylor was on the Patriots. Shame on Shane for not remembering the Fred Taylor Patriots era. That's uh, that's that's, bad. That's a tough one. Just think it. As a Patriot truther, (laughs) I I think you'd have a little bit more history on it. Yeah, he's uh, he's not in the top hundred of players in the Patriots dynasty that I remember. So, um, you got Kevin Falk though. Well, yeah, because he famously didn't catch the fourth <laughs> down play to beat the Colts. Still say he got the first down. <laughs> um, still say it was a terrible decision to not punt the football. But okay. Um, all right, let's get into the Week Eight matchups. Let's start off with Hammer versus Ice Cream. Talk about the Hammers team first. Muhammad Sanu traded to the Patriots this week for a second-round pick. Josh Gordon put on IR. What are we thinking Muhammad Sanu's role with the Patriots will be, not only for this week, but also long-term? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know that this is as big of an impact as everyone thinks it is. Um, clearly, with Gordon going out, this increases Sanu's value. Um, oh, yeah. The Patriots trade second-round picks for real I, players all the time. How many times? Well, it had to be it had to be a second-round pick because I'm pretty sure the Falcons ate the contract because the Bats didn't have the cap room to pay him. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sold that this is going to have a huge impact this week. Um, Long-term, I think Sanu turns out to be a nice flex play fantasy-wise, but I, I, 
don't know. We see this all the time where the Patriots just take flyers on wide receivers. I, could, I honestly could see Sanu not even being a factor. <laughs> I could. I could see it just working out where he, he just is a non-factor for the team. I'm gonna. I'm not too excited about it to be honest with you. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be a huge pickup. I I still can't get over the price that they paid. I I, I still can't believe they traded a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu. I, I I feel like I'm I'm living on like a different you, planet. When players well, like let's qualify this for second, a first one. Let's qualify this second round pick. It's gonna be the 64th <laughs> overall. So, <laughs> I mean, come on, let's yeah. let's think about that here. No, you're you're right, but look, the the Patriot offense is one of the most complex in in the NFL. It's gonna be at least two weeks before I I think he has any kind of significant fantasy value. Um, and, and we'll see what it is rest of season, but he's a good locker room guy. He's, he's a smart veteran player. He'll pick it up in time. I just, you're either in the Tom Brady club or you're not. And we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like we've seen them pick up wide receivers. Like I'm thinking back and honestly, maybe the only one that's ever had an impact in there. Like when they pick them up right away is Antonio Brown this year. <laughs> like, I feel like these wide receivers don't ever really have an impact yeah. right away when they come to the Patriots. It, t- it takes a little while until you gain gain Brady's trust, and you're you're kind of part of the part of the group. I think he's going to run the Gronk routes that they haven't really had a player to do. Yeah, I, I think there's some value here. I think he can be the guy that's kind of stacked over Edelman. Edelman eats up the short stuff. Sanu maybe ten yards off of him, maybe either drawing coverage away from Edelman or getting coverage, you know, drawn to Edelman and Marie. So I, I think it's a good move for them. I, I like this new impact. I, one of the times I've seen Sanu play this year, he still has something left in the tank. So, and also increases so, the let, let quarterback room. <laughs> let, let, me, let me ask you this. Does Sanu end up on Butler's team or does Butler – end up moving him for a flyer keeper like a Kareem Hunt. I don't think Butler does anything else. Yeah, I think he stays on Butler's team. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, let's go to the ice cream. We talked about Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. Uh, they looked better with Tannehill at quarterback. Um uh, Spears starting Corey Davis this week. Do we have higher hopes for Corey Davis now that Ryan Tannehill's at quarterback and not Marcus Mariota? He had a pretty good game last I do. Week. I do. Um, it was good to see. I almost texted you last week. I forgot. Uh, it's good to see Corey Davis logging, logging a nice game. Um, good to see that guy. I think yeah. you feel like you were right about that one, Cuz. <laughs> uh, it was. No, it's, uh, I definitely think, definitely think there's an uptick. Um, Tannehill's – a better thrower of the football than Mariota, um, which I don't know how much significantly better, but he's definitely better. Um, so it, certainly think the the Titans, all the Titans pass catchers get a little boost. I'm not, I'm not thrilled about it, but they're definitely, they move up a little bit. To- totally agree. Anything is better than what Mariota was for, for these pass catchers. And he obviously has something there with Corey Davis. I, I think he's a good play this week. A little concerned about the, the quarterback position coming in here, knowing that 
have they ruled Mahomes out for Sunday? I know he's been practicing all week. I don't think they've ruled him out yet, but I would be shocked to see him play this week. Yeah. I, I would also be shocked too, but just some concerns about having Matt Moore in there. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why Matt Moore was the move um, for for Spears there, but we'll. Uh, I guess we'll see what 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 he ends up doing. Matt Moore against Green Bay doesn't excite me at all. I mean, no. I don't. I hate to give advice to anyone. I mean, but I picked him up in our in one of our other leagues because we just talked about it. I feel like Tannehill would be a flyer option. I think I would rather Tannehill over Moore now. Yes. Um, Tampa Bay pass defense, pretty terrible. Tampa Bay run defense, really good. Um, I think Tannehill might be might be a play this week. Starting the second half for the Washington Redskins. Oh God, Wayne Haskins. <laughs> Who wins hammer versus ice cream? It's not a no doubter right away. It's not a no doubter. No, um, no, but I think, I think that ice cream has just enough to get it done. I think McCaffrey goes off for close oh. to forty. Ice cream, ice, ice cream, get it done against San Francisco. Yeah. All right, I'll take ice cream, but I disagree with that statement. He he's he's incredible. Um, he's he going into two weeks ago, he was averaging more yards per play than the entire Jets offense. <laughs> that's uh, that's a good stat. All right, next game: Desert Dogs versus Wolves. One of the other uh, one of the other waiver wire pickups was I picked up Kenny Stills for six dollars. Um, my question related to my team is: Can Kenny Stills provide some short term value for the dogs while Will Fuller is out for a couple weeks with a hammy injury? Hmm. I feel like they're the same player. Yeah, so. I think I think there's a little bit of short term no. value. Um. I, 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 I'm, I'm fine with Stills being a flex play for you. I, I think so. I, I think there's short-term value there. I think Fuller's a much better player than what Stills is. Yes, I mean style. I think Stills is a good fit for this team with Fuller out. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my point. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. All right, let's move over to the Seawolves. I'm calling this hot take corner. All right. I have a hot take on Juju Smith-Schuster. Not been that bad this year. That's my hot take. I think people are unreasonably out on this guy. Um, You know, I look at the game logs. They had to buy last week, and Phil's going to be the first one. So I'll just say it. He's wide receiver 43 for the year. Because Phil likes to do that. Um, so how, how, how over, is that not over, that bad? Over 10 points in four of six outings. Okay, now one of the, the game against San Francisco, he had the big long touchdown that obviously boosts that effort. But 
Six for 78 against New England, five for 84 against Seattle, three for 81 with the score against San Francisco. Bad game against Cincinnati, seven for 75 in the score against Baltimore. And then the awful game in week six against the Chargers where they just ran the ball down the Chargers' throat and there was no reason. So um, I think Juju's fine. I would not be I, – I, I'm going to preface this by saying I did trade him in a dynasty league, um, but I had a ton of wide receivers, and that was the price I needed to improve my running backs. So um, I'm not out on Juju. That's my hot take. Yeah, I'm not I'm not out completely on the guy. I I mean, we're not going to see him be anywhere near wide receiver one status this this year. Um with the quarterback situation there. Uh, I'm not completely out on him though. I think it's going to take a little bit until the offense obviously gets acclimated with with the change at quarterback. It's going to take a little bit. And I could see Juju sneaking back into top 25 by end of the year, top 20. Um, I'll, 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 I'll say this in, in two phases. What Juju has been so far this season has been a, a disappointment by every stretch, every analyst. He was drafted in the second round of just about every mock draft that I've seen. Like he had, he was supposed to be wide receiver one with wide receiver one overall upside playing with Ben. He hasn't been anywhere close to that. He's had two long touchdown plays that have helped out his numbers against the Ravens and against San Fran. That being said, Rudolph came into this in the Seattle game, faced a tough defense in San Fran. He had, he's been getting reps. They just had the bye week. His rest of season outlook, I'm just going to lay out some of the defenses. Dolphins, Rams, Browns, Bengals, Browns again, Cardinals, Jets. His rest of season outlook is really good. I see him finishing as a top 20 overall guy, but he's been a disappointment this far. I don't, I don't know how you can say he hasn't. No, he's been, he's been a disappointment clearly, but it's no fault of his own. Um, it just is what it is. Um, so I just don't think he's been as bad as people are really, as you know, as people are really kind of acting like. He, he's a he, he's a product of what that offense has become, and that's a, a run-first, short-pass offense. And they're, they're just not the down – they haven't been a down-the-field throwing team yet. But I think that's going to change with their schedule really becoming soft down the stretch. I think if you kept David Johnson over him in the offseason, if you don't trade Juju, I think that would be a mistake is also what I'm saying. He has to still be I, – I, if I were you, I'd have a hard time trading him knowing I could keep him again for $15. Yeah, it, it's definitely something I'm thinking about. Who wins this matchup? Man, this is all uh, all dependent on can Pittsburgh light up Miami like just about everyone else has. Is um, the only way that Phil kind of needs that to happen to, to keep this close in my opinion. Um, the dogs are, are a better roster at this point. Um, I'm going to go with. Mm, give me the dogs. No reason not to always try to make an argument, but I don't, I don't think I have one. 
dogs have the better roster, but week to week, that that doesn't matter a whole lot in fantasy football. And I, I really like the matchups that I have going out there this week. I think Rudolph and, and Juju connect for at least one score. I think Connor gets in the end zone twice. And I, I think Mixon has a big game too. I, I, I like my matchups. I'm going to take the Wolves to send the dogs out to pasture. Well, if you get the same boost that every team against me has gotten this year, you're going to be in that 117 range because that's the average of what teams are scoring <laughs> against me this year. Um, but I'm still going to take the No dogs, bitterness in so. that pick. No bitterness in that. Is there a reason? Is is there a reason not to? Or there's no reason. No, there's yeah. there's literally no reason not to this week. Thank you. Um, it's also terrifying that Joe Mixon has a chance to do whatever. He, I still say he stinks. So that's fine. I, I think he's he's a good player, and he's going to turn it around once AJ Green gets back in the lineup. Who's had pretty good week of practice. I, I don't know if he's going to play at home. No, I don't think he is. Uh, London, too, for Mixon. That should be interesting. Uh, Weevils versus Patriots, third matchup of the week. We'll start off with the Weevils with carry-on on the IR. Is Matt Stafford back to being a top fantasy quarterback again? Especially this week, obviously, against the Giants. But can he be a long-term solution for Bowl at the position? Uh, yeah, I think so. He can. Um, I think they're going to have to air the ball out a little bit more. Um, got to see a little bit of an uptick coming for Galladay. Marvin Jones, obviously, big week last week. Um, I, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of an uptick there, and, and Stafford can – can produce there. There's a couple of tough defenses. I mean, obviously you don't like facing Chicago, even though that hasn't proven to be a really tough matchup. Um, you get giants, Oakland, Washington, Tampa Bay. Um, there's, there's some chance for some, some big weeks here. Yeah, I, I agree. He faces Chicago twice. You can't like that. He's at Minnesota. You can't like that. But the other weeks, I, I, I definitely think he's a, He's as good of an option to play as, as anybody. I, I think he's going to finish as QB1. I like him rest of the season. Diggs, Diggs is just out here going crazy right now. Um, and Cousins is throwing dimes. It's incredible. Uh, I like Stafford, too, rest of the season. Um, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, TJ Hawkinson, and J.D. McKissick out of the backfield is a pretty good group to throw to. Uh, great Marvin Jones stat. He joined two players as the only players that have multiple four touchdown reception games. Um, so Marvin Jones at the caliber of receiver of Sterling Sharp and Jerry Rice. So Marvin Jones, those three are maybe the best three receivers in football based on that <laughs> stat in the history of the game. Um, so pretty interesting stuff there. Marvin Jones and Jerry Rice. Never thought those guys would be in the same sentence. Tyler Lockett, over under 16 points for the Pats this week. Super great matchup at Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how far his touchdown catch is going to be because he's definitely going to catch one and run one back. So, <laughs> Does he I don't return know. punts anymore? <laughs> but okay, I got him returning punts either. this week. So, um, 
No, I gotta take the gotta take the over. Um, Atlanta's terrible. You can throw the ball on them. Um, even Jared Goff could throw the ball on them. So, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Give me ninety yards, six catches, and a score. Yeah, he's gonna have twenty points this weekend. It's a great matchup. I don't know how he gets there. How many? I I, I think he he gets in the end zone twice. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I love Lockett. I love Lockett rest of the season, but especially this week. Yeah, Lockett's going to be over 16. I think he scores. I, I like your six for nine. He scores, and it's pretty good. Um, here's a question. Dan Quinn's fired um, for Atlanta. That's happening. When you hire a defensive head coach, you know, usually, you know, you hire a defensive coach, so the offense stinks, so then you hire an offensive coach. People regulate. They go back and forth. You have a player's coach, and then you hire a hard ass to offset that. When you hire a defensive coach like Dan Quinn, and your defense is the thirty-first defense in the league, do you hire another defensive <laughs> coach then, or what do you what do you do in that situation? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know what where they go from here. Yeah, I mean, this is just what happens when you blow a twenty-five point lead in the Super Bowl. Um, you just your team just falls <laughs> apart. Um, there's no coming back from that. Um, I, I I don't know what they do. It's just a pretty bad situation down there in Atlanta right now. I I I, I honestly don't know. What to tell you. I think I think we might be seeing the end of Matty Ice. Um, I think he might have reached his his cliff. So, and Phil Phil, you'll appreciate this. Obviously, they paid Matt Ryan crazy money, Julio crazy money. Um. Austin Hooper's up for a contract extension. I don't think that's going to happen, obviously, because they're right up against the cap. So you have a one in six team who traded draft capital to move up in the draft to draft offensive linemen, and now you're awful, and you don't have any money available to get better. They're in a really bad place. With that being said, we've seen teams with good quarterbacks have bad seasons pick in the top 10 of a draft and immediately turn it around relatively quickly. I.e., I'm seeing the Steelers and Falcons as huge bounce back candidates for 2020. So, yeah, no, totally agree. Totally agree. But Matt Ryan's just getting killed back there right now. Yeah. Who wins Weevils versus Pats? Should be a pretty good game. Um, Diggs obviously going off right now. Good matchup against the Skins. Uh, McLaren not doing much. Tough defense against the Vikings. Um, give me, give me the Pats saving their season. I'll 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 go and die with the, taking the Pats like I usually do. Uh, I like Bull. I, I I think Stafford has a big week, and we know what Diggs is doing tonight. Get, yeah, give me the Weevils. Um. Some big, uh, some big things here because we don't know about Kamara. So, Lat Murray could be a good or bad play. I think he's got to be in there either way. And Arizona, he should be able to get enough to be flex worthy. Um, Jacobs missed practice, I think, today. So I don't know what's up there. This is, and obviously Matt Ryan's a question mark on the Pat side. Um, but Bowl's got a nice team, and I'm gonna take Bowl. Um, but I think this is really close. I would not be surprised either way who wins this one. Um, 
Matchup number four, Mad Dogs versus Abusement Park. Will Russell Wilson be the highest scoring player in this matchup? We already talked about um, what he's got for him against Atlanta this week. Uh, give me Russell Wilson as the number two. I think Watson gets him. Yep, I, I, I totally agree. Watson against the Raiders, we just saw what Aaron Rodgers did. Watson's at home. I, I think Watson by a little bit over Wilson, but it, it's really close. Man, Gruden's going to have a tough time watching Deshaun Watson against him. I'm sure he <laughs> loves that guy. Um, so that's going to be – he's going to be watching the quarterback play on the other side of the field and wonder why he has Derek Carr at quarterback. Um, but Russell Wilson is playing, I think, the best football of any player in the league. And I'm going to say Russell Wilson will be the highest scoring player in this matchup. Um, all right, let's go over to the park. Uh, Phil, you mentioned this when you talked about the Odell Beckham trade. Um, so, sure, doubling down on the Browns with Nick Chubb and Odell Beckham. So my question is, can Chubb and Beckham be productive against the greatest defense in the last 30 years? <laughs> and that is, that is factual if you look at the statistics. <laughs> they are. They've played teams that might also struggle to compete in the Burks High School League, um, but they're still beating them up pretty good, so... Can those two players be productive in this matchup? Yeah, I think they can. Um, New England's defense is very good, but they haven't played anyone that's any good yet this year. So they haven't even faced the – I'm sure we all saw the stat. They haven't faced the top 20 offense yet this year. Um, so I think I actually think – I'm not sure what Cleveland's ranked, but this is probably the best offense they'll play so far. Um, I think that – Chubb and Beckham both have decent weeks this week. Well, if there was ever a week to get the best defense in the last 30 years, this is the week. They're coming off a short week. Browns are coming off of a bye. That being said, the the way to, to beat the Patriots defense is on the outside. And I, I, I think Beckham does have an okay game. And if the Browns are going to have any chance of winning, Beckham needs to have a huge game. I don't love Chubb in this matchup, but I, I, I do think that they're, they're definitely startable this week. Yes, they're, they are startable. They have to be. They're two of the best players at their position. Um, Chubb's been over 10 points every game. I don't see a reason that that changes. Um, Beckham, it's been talked about all week that Belichick tells him before every game there's not going to be much there for him today. So that's just every anytime you can talk about Bill Belichick and Odell Beckham in the same sentence, Sports Center is bound to just beat that <laughs> to death all week. So that's outstanding. Um, <laughs> I guess these guys can both be productive because I think I don't see a way Cleveland stops them on the other side. So. Um, yeah, there should be plenty of volume for both those guys. Who wins? Mad Dogs versus Park. This is another good – we have some we good do. matchups this week. Um, wins this one. Man, this is, this is going to be a good one. I'm going to take 
give me give me the Mad Dogs close. Give me the park. I think the park come out and save their season this week. I'll, I'll take them. Yeah, this is a huge game. Um, if Park loses, there's going to be some crazy ass players available at the trade deadline, um, and we'll definitely see the fifty dollar market come into play on that team. Um, Mad Dogs have some nice matchups as well. Denver not real impressive against the run. We talked about Russell Wilson, um, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay. One of those two guys, you know playing against each other. That'll be interesting. Um, I'll take the park as well, though, but this one is real tight. Uh, Curtain versus Teabag. All right, let's go to the steel curtain. My question is, does Eddie have enough big guns on his team to make up for the fact that David Montgomery is on his roster and in his starting lineup? Short term and long, like obviously this week and long term, you know, does he have enough outside of that player? Because he's been bad. Yeah, Montgomery hasn't panned out so far as as well as we thought he would. Um, but the answer is obviously yes. Um, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Lamar Jackson, um, Devonta, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook. Um, yeah. Yeah, forgot about him. Forgot about, yeah, he's um, good. As he's torturing me so far tonight. Um, yeah, he has enough big guns. Team's loaded. I I think he's probably one or two players <laughs> away, but the, the, the rest, yeah. No, I, 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 I think you want to try and upgrade the Montgomery position just because I think you want to sell every piece of the Brown, of the Bears offense if you can. <clears throat> but those other players, Cook, I, I still like Freeman, but Thomas and Hopkins are, are just phenomenal starts. Not to mention Lamar Jackson, who I think is the second QB overall right now. I, I, I think he's fine. So Montgomery, I don't know if he really comes into play here because he should be getting A.J. Green back soon. I'm not a huge A.J. Green guy. I think there's not that much left in the tank for him, especially this year. Um, it's been noted how I feel about the Bengals offense on this podcast. Um, I don't think they're going to trade him um, before the deadline next week. So AJ Green should be more productive than David Montgomery, though, even though I don't feel like he's going to be a girl, Jeremiah Green, as <laughs> Shane likes to refer to him. Um, the upgrade, I think Eddie needs to look at the tight end position. I don't think Vance McDonald can do it. I don't think that's, that's the move. So um that's where I think Eddie needs to focus his attention is to the tight end position. Yeah, but I mean, I guess if you're if you're if you're gonna have one spot where it's like, all right, like I'm gonna be weak, like tight end's the spot to do it. Um, <laughs> it's it's yeah. no secret. Like, I mean, because the, then those weeks where you get ten points from your tight end, it's like, man, what a bonus. Um, so I mean, I think right as of right now, I'll, I I take the the curtain as my my front runner to win it all. Whoa, what's what's there to what's there to whoa about? All right, we got we got the matchup of the week with some pretty good teams coming up here. 
All right. Um, Shane, no question for your team. It's just I'm going to give you the floor and I'm going to ask you to do something. Um, I would like for you to apologize to John Brown for calling him <laughs> Goosehead Brown for the last couple of years. Oh, man, I guess I have to. Um, he's been pretty good this year. Um, saw heard a stat, I guess it was last week, after the games last week. There's two players in the NFL that have – at least 50 receiving yards in every game so far this year they've played. Um, John Brown and Michael Thomas. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Goose Egg's been pretty good. Um, worth a start this week. Uh, <laughs> 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 Had a nice, nice little run here in Miami last week, the Eagles this week. So, um, I still don't like the guy, but. He serves a purpose on my roster. Phil, any comments on John Brown? You've been a truther for years. I haven't. I'm I'm sad the the one year I don't get him. He he goes off like he like he has solid wide receiver too. I don't, I don't know what you don't like about the guy. I just in Arizona, that I just feel like there were so many one catch for nine <laughs> yard performances that it was just disgusting. <laughs> They have a bad training staff. He had sickle cell, and they didn't know how to treat it. That, I've heard that. So, Who wins this matchup of Titans, Curtain versus T-Bag? Yeah, um, this one's the Curtain. Um, I don't know that it's particularly close this week. I'll take the Curtain. Too many, too many good players. I, 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 like, I like T-Bag. Rodgers, Aaron Jones, at Ed, Ed. Kansas City, you might you might get sixty points out of that matchup from those two. Um, and we're seeing what Cousins is doing. He's he's been okay. I I like I like getting tea bag this week. Oh man, Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins probably can't have that no, matchup. Absolutely not this week. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook can't have um, one either. Cooks are <laughs> Cooks already at twenty. Cooks already at twenty. Um, and there's still 20 minutes of football left in that game. But I'm not sure Landry, Vance, and Montgomery, and even Freeman. I mean, Carson has a great matchup. If Cooper Cup can't have a huge game against Cincinnati. Um, I'm, then... I actually think the, the Bengals' pass defense isn't that bad. I feel like, I'm a, I feel like it's, okay. it's going to be a struggle game for the Rams to throw the ball a little bit. But I'll let's go out on okay. a limb there. I'll take the curtain just because I've picked against them the last couple of weeks and it's bit me in the ass. So um, I'll take the curtain. All right, matchup of the week. Clan versus franchise. All right, so let's preface this. Clan four and three, game behind uh, Stein for the Favre division. Franchise sitting there at five and two at the top of the Elway division, surprisingly, looking at the points scored, though. Um Fegley coming into this one without Mahomes and Ty's team just has not scored as if a five and two team should, but he's there. So it's kind of two teams with debatable outlooks moving forward, playing for technically first place. I mean, if you lose and Fegley wins, he's in first. Ty can hold on to his his reign. Um, so my question for Ty's team first is, can Chase Edmonds hold on to this job in Arizona? Can he carry tie to the playoffs and be a great keeper for him? 
Yes, he's yes, and really yes. Um, I'll take all the Chase Edmonds shares I can get. Um, happy that I have him in one league. Got to find a way to get him into my lineup this um, even though it's not a great matchup against New Orleans. Um, I, I, I honestly think this is Chase Edmonds' job going forward. I do. I, I'm, I'm out on David Johnson, like I said. I think Edmonds' role starts to really increase, even with Johnson if he, semi-healthy. And, yeah, I think he could be all three of those things. I don't know what it looks like rest of the season. I, I, I definitely think he's a candidate for a, a, a keeper option next year, especially because he's, he's only 23 years old, right? And he, he looked really good last week. Let's see how the next few games go. He looks like he's going to be an awesome start this week. Um, but I, I like Chase Edmonds too. It's an offense you want pieces of, definitely. Um it's interesting because right now, I mean, it's really Kyler Murray fits and the running backs. Uh, Kirk, I guess, it has some uh, potential. You don't really want – I said you want pieces of this offense, but the rest of the receivers are all kind of the same and the ball gets spread out to them. But um, Kingsbury is doing more in Arizona than I think a lot of people thought he would. So with that being said, it's definitely a guy that you want to hold on to. He's got great keeper potential depending on what – Arizona does decide to do with David Johnson if, you know, Edmonds is able to keep up this play. So it's been a great boost for Tyler and the Fleetwood franchise because they always seem to be one running back short this year. So having him um, has been a nice little boost for them. Yeah, just a side note before we continue with the matchup of the week. Mike Zimmer, man, you, are you fired? Like they just ran a fourth and one play from their own 34 and ran a QB sneak with Kirk Cousins and got stuffed. Like, come on, man. You have Dalvin Cook in your backfield. If you're going to go for it, give him the ball. That's bad. I mean, you got to – Exactly, yeah. You got to punt deep, the ball right? like, and make Dwayne Haskins go the length of the field. <laughs> but continue. Let's continue. I'd... No, maybe, maybe he was looking out of his bad eye with the fourth down chart, so that might be what the problem was. I don't know. Um. Brutal matchup for Derrick Henry this week. Shane alluded to it. I wasn't sure how many people knew how good that Tampa Bay run defense has been, um, but they've been outstanding. But one thing that Derrick Henry has going for them is a ridiculous amount of volume. So my question is, can Derrick Henry's volume make up for the bad matchup and give Fegley what he needs in a double-digit outing from Derrick Henry this week? Uh, I don't think he gets there. I don't think he gets there. Um, get, let me give you a little number here. I was ready for this. Christian McCaffrey has carried the ball 38 times against the Buccaneers this year for 68 yards. 38 yeah. for 68 against that run defense. So, I mean, that's real deal. Um, clearly, McCaffrey, a great back, and, and they just shut him down twice. Um, Derrick Henry, not not as good as Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion. Um <laughs> um, so no, I, I just don't. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree. Just brutal matchup. Might as well be the Patriots. He he's running against with how good Tampa Bay's been against the run. I I, I think he's in the single digits this week. 
So Henry's lowest carries in the game has been 15 so far. Um, the catch volume is not really there. He only gets one or two catches a game. Um, but I'm not sure Tampa Bay can do what they need to do against Tennessee. Tennessee's got a decent defense. Jameis Winston, not good at football. Um, so when you put those two things together, I think we're looking at a 20-plus carry game for Henry. So if he's unable to get over 10 points with 20-plus touches, um, not a good look for him. I think he falls into the end zone once, and that's enough to get him over double digits. Yeah, I mean, clearly this question, I feel like it's going to be dependent on whether or not he gets in the end zone. That's kind of what we're looking at. Yeah, he's not going for yeah, he's yeah. not going for a senior nah. on the ground. That's not happening. Don't think so. he gets to the hundred scrimmage yards, so um Yeah. It's it's all about whether or not he gets in the end zone. I, I'm gonna he's, I'm gonna lean on no. He scored in five games this year, yep. so that's why I'm leaning yes. So all right. Who wins the matchup of the week? Clan versus franchise. Give me franchise uh give me the clan um take the franchise as well i like the matchups this week for them tyree kill green bay is a big tough one for the clan so i think i'll take uh I think i'll take the franchise and they go to six and two all right anything else for week eight fellas 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 haven't really thrown a two-man, I don't think, in a little bit. Take a quick look at the, the spreads this week. That's why you go for it on fourth down, because Dwayne Haskins is going to get correct. back to you. <laughs> um, just a, a quick look here. I think I would take the... Against everything I believe in, I think I'll take Cleveland getting 12 and a half. I feel like that's a lot at New England. And I'll take – give me the uh, give me the Chiefs getting three and a half at home. Belichick versus Kitchens just does not feel like a fair matchup at all on the coaching standpoint. Yeah, I'll take Belichick in that matchup. I heard, uh, I heard a funny take. I think it was—I um, can't remember which podcast it was—but they they were wondering if Freddie Kitchens was like a, a science experiment by the NFL to basically take a really talented team and just take a random guy off the streets and see what he could do. With like a with like a real talented NFL team, they're wondering if that was like a kind of like NFL science project. That's what he is, right? I, I thought it was funny. Yeah, basically, but I mean, he he did coach like on the Arizona Cardinals staff, and obviously he was on the Brown staff last year, so he's been an NFL coach for a while. But yeah, um, he was on that Arizona Cardinals staff that lost that great overtime playoff game to the Packers. Or no, they won that game. Sorry. 
um, when Larry Fitz scored in overtime. They did. I think we watched we that at my old house. Yeah. Freddie Kitchens was on that staff. Wow. I did not know that. Bruce Arians' disciple. All right. Anything else, Phil? No, I think by this time next week, maybe we'll do a, a Wednesday night podcast with Halloween being next week. I, I, I think we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about, probably some unfair trades <laughs> getting made. Should, should be interesting. And, and this slate of games is going to be really interesting. You have a few teams on the slate that it's, it's winner, pack your bags, dogs included. We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> Yeah, I'll pack my bags if I lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm out on record saying if the dogs do lose this week, they are heavy buyers. <laughs> they are heavy buyers. <laughs> it is all in mode. They are. You know, it's been fun this year with the added thing that ESPN did, the standings projections. But it's also maybe the most aggravating thing in the world that I've been sitting at number one for basically the whole season and I'm three and four. <laughs> so, um, top, top scoring team in the league and have somehow given up 11 more points than I've scored. It's just, I, I deserve this because I've had people come to me and complain about going head to head and they want top six, bottom six. Um, and I've kind of said, hey, I like the matchup part of it. I, I like the one-on-one thing. You got to beat the guy across from you. Um, so I deserve this. Um, but, yes, if I lose this week, there's going to be some fireworks. Yep. Um, yeah. Not, I will not yeah, be selling. There's no way. There's too much. Yeah. Unless – Unless Sure wins and he comes calling with a chub for Goblin offer or something, then yeah, we can talk. So, yeah, Chubb's the <laughs> only guy. The only guy I'll sell for. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Week Eight preview. Let's continue to watch this incredible Thursday night football game of the Redskins and the Vikings. Really entertaining stuff. Look forward to hopefully Thursday night football getting back to real football, competitive teams playing against each other. That would be that would be great. Um, but thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.